Welcome to Journey to Wholeness, hosted by author and life coach, Indiana Tuggle, where we help Christian women heal, achieve mental wellness, and spiritual growth so you can accomplish your goals and purpose. listening to today's episode um as a coach as someone who specializes in healing and personal growth and development one of or shall i say two of the questions that i get most often are how do you know you need to heal and where do you start And for a while, I really didn't understand um, why people didn't know the answer to that question. And I'm not coming from a place of having arrived, but um, I'm coming from a place of, well, why don't you know, right? Why don't you know that you need to heal? Why don't you know um, where to start? But what I've realized in looking back even over my own journey is that a lot of times we don't realize we need to heal. We don't realize where to start because we have found comfort and company in our misery. And a lot of time change doesn't happen until we are challenged, until our behavior is challenged, until our mindset is challenged, until our beliefs are challenged. And when we are not in an environment that challenges us, then we have no desire or no need to change. So in doing that, in examining my own self and my own life, you know, I have to repent and apologize to those who've asked me that question and I kind of shunned them off or gave them this look of like, what's wrong with you that you don't know? Because in reality, we really truly don't know. Um, We don't know when we are in a cycle. We don't recognize we're in the cycle while we're in the cycle, right? We don't recognize that we are getting sick from the roller coaster, you know, until we're actually sick from the roller coaster, right? So um, in doing that, and I thought about what ignited the change in my life, and it was really some hard and some tough conversations from friends, um, some um, self-reflection of me looking at my own relationships, um, asking myself those tough questions, etc. So when I come to you today, I want to talk about, have you identified your thorn? And I'm talking about 2 Corinthians 12 and 7 that says, uh, well, let's start at verse six. And it says, for though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool for I will speak the truth, 
but I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And then verse seven, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, and I'm in verse eight now, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And then verse nine, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I've just read to you 2 Corinthians 12, verses 6 through 10. And when I think about the thorn, the first thing we have to do is define it. So what is a thorn? And a thorn, according to the dictionary, is a stiff, sharp, pointed, straight, or curved, woody projection on the stem or other part of a plant, right? But spiritually, a thorn is a source of discomfort, annoyance, or difficulty. It is an irritation or an obstacle. Now, spiritually, thorns can allow God's glory and power to be seen through our lives if we identify it and if we give it to him and allow him to um, give us strategy to overcome it, right? Because he doesn't take it away all the time. So sometimes a thorn can be symbolic of a lack of trust in God, a lack of faith in God, um, in his faithfulness to his word. And they can really consume our love for God, replacing them with an idol to to devour our thoughts and emotions. And thorns always, always choke and suffocate the word in the heart and do not allow it to come to full fruition, right? They Thorns represent the war between our flesh and our spirit. Now, while Apostle Paul says that his thorn was given to him um, by God, sometimes it doesn't come from God right? Sometimes it can come from the residue of a lot of trauma that we've had in our lives, right? Um, A lot of experiences that you've been through, a lot of people who have mishandled you, right? It can come from that. It can come from abandonment. It can come from rejection. It can come from um, molestation. It can come from, you know, any type of abuse, sexual or physical. It can come from those traumatic experiences in our lives and a lot of times those thorns come up because we are attempted to correct what the wrong that was done in our lives or the wrong that was done against us right so it can come from that as well right but even though it didn't come from God he can when we identify it God can still use it for his glory right 
So, but what happens is a thorn keeps you on a roller coaster of emotions and on the fence with God. Why? Because we continue to seek to alleviate the pain, but only find temporary relief. And that temporary relief can come in um, seeking comfort in men, in relationships, in drugs, in alcohol, in sex, and even food, right? Um, Often it requires us to sacrifice ourselves, our body, our standards, our boundaries, etc. to get it. But because we're driven by that pain, we gladly sacrifice that stuff, right? But once the high fades, the lows bring us to a state of confusion, frustration, bitterness, and even anger and shame. So what happens is we we return to God exhausted, trying to rush and trying to manipulate him into giving us what we want. And some of us, I know I have, we even blame him for the wait. We start accusing God of being silent, silent, ignoring us, or dangling fruit in front of our faces. Like, he know what we want, but he not going to give it to us, right? So we even start doing that. But because we have placed an uncommunicated reward for our obedience to his will, that if we get right with God, he'll reward me with 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 the husband at least that was my reward i thought that if i would heal and i would get right and i would be you know this this model christian doing what the word says no sin in my life which (laughs) that i don't even think that's possible (laughs) because it's always the small foxes that destroy the vine but we think we don't have any sin in our lives so we think that god owes us right but when years go by of doing right and the reward doesn't come then we disappointed and we enter back into that cycle because now we're trying to fix it okay like Madea said god taking too long so now we try to help god out and we go fix it but because we didn't have any strategy and we didn't identify that thorn we go back into the same cycle so we end up going in circles Right. So how do we do it? We how do we identify the thorn? For me, the thorn in my flesh was loneliness. Right? And I wasn't able to identify it until like I said, I examined the relationships in my life. And I realized that I was the common denominator. Regardless of what was going on, who I dated, I ended up dating the same spirit, the same type over and over again, just a different name, right? And I had to realize, and I realized that by asking the question of why did we break up? And what I realized that the last five relationships or even the long-term relationships that I had and I wrote all of their names down on a piece of paper and I asked myself well why did we break up and as I was writing down why we broke up by the time I got to the third guy I realized that we all broke up for the same reason and I was like whether that reason was he cheated um and for me it wasn't that they cheated it was because I realized that 
I was wearing the pants in the relationship, right? I was the breadwinner. I was the sole provider. And I got tired. I got tired of the struggle. I got tired of them watching me struggle. <laughs> I got tired of them being okay um, with me struggle and not being able to offer anything and help um, with it. And and they had no, you know, ambition or any desire to grow, to get a job or even a better job, right? To help. And I was um, on this path of of becoming better. I was in school. I was working full time. And they were just chilling. Right? And this was the same pattern. Over and over. And I had to realize that. And after I asked that question, why did we break up? I had to ask another question. Why would you why was you with them in the first place, Indiana? Did they have a job when you met? Did they have a job when y'all decided to move in together? Was you just miraculously expecting them to all of a sudden become responsible and help out with bills because now y'all living together? Did you expect that? Did you assume that? Right? Because I never really opened my mouth until I started getting tired. (laughs) And that was another thing I had to deal with. You really never expressed your um, requirements or your preferences until you got frustrated and tired. Right? So... I had to have that hard conversation of why I got involved with them in the first place and ignored all those red signs because honestly, they didn't change. I did. They were the same from beginning to end. Right? And I realized that I was lonely. I wanted companionship. Somebody to talk to, somebody to hang out with, somebody to tell me I was beautiful, someone who placed me as priority and wanted to spend time with me. And they all gave me that. Of course, they wanted to spend time with me. They ain't had no job. Right? You know, and, but they all like lacked financial security and stability. I mean, literally broke. No job, no place to stay, no car, no dreams, no goals. I provided all of that. So why wouldn't they feed my needs of words for affirmation? Of affirmation? Why wouldn't they tell me I was the best thing since PB&J? What food is going to bite the hand that's feeding them? Nobody. I mean, not in reality. <laughs> Nobody really does that. You know, um... So I provided the stable life for them. Even though I struggled to do so, they watched me do it. And they could not help. So one day, after crying and trying to heal from another relationship um, failure, I clearly heard God say, the enemy seeks to devour you with loneliness. And once I got myself up off the floor, (laughs) I learned 
that is stemmed from abandonment issues. And I had associated love with presence. Because these men wanted to stay with me, I thought that they loved me. Because they validated my beauty and my talents, I thought they loved me. So with this knowledge, I really sought truth in the word, which said, he is with me and would never leave nor forsake me. So now my thorn leads me to God instead of away from God, because it didn't go away. Right now, my thorn makes me questions my thoughts and my behaviors instead of giving in to them. Now my thorn drives me to create my own happiness instead of seeking it in others, right? Now my thorn pushes me to be patient instead of rushing my current seasons, right? Now my thorn forces me to choose me, to get to know Indiana and celebrate myself instead of allowing others to choose me and tell me who I am. Now my thorn forces me to set boundaries and stand in them rather than sacrificing them for a temporary high. Right? Now the thorn in my flesh keeps me humble and gives God glory rather than hiding in shame and condemnation and rather than bowing to the enemy because it's not going away. Right? I had to learn to deal with it. It still comes up. I'm still single. Right. So there are still temporary bouts of loneliness, you know, and I want to, you know, run out and and, fi- and and hurry up and find somebody. But I refrain from doing so. Right. Because I know where that road goes. I know that road leads to destruction. So now I'm more patient with myself in the dating process of getting to know somebody. I'm more patient with myself with um with, with taking my time and in 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 communicating those boundaries, right? So I learn to deal with the loneliness by number one, prioritizing God. Right? My my quiet time and my study time is a priority. I have to do that daily because when I don't. When I'm not communing with God, when I'm not writing, then I get distracted by my own desires. And a lot of times we have to realize that, that even our own desires, when we want them out of season, when we try to rush them, they can become a distraction to the present. You can't see what God is doing in your life right now because you're distracted by what you want. And what you have decided that that you're being punished because you don't have it. Right? So the next and then the next thing I had to do is I discovered my purpose. I allow purpose to consume me, to consume my time, right? And I take joy in it. Take joy in the journey. I find happiness in that journey. Um, one of my t-shirts um says Um, No time for loneliness. Purpose keeps me busy because that was my mantra that I adapted. Right. And then I enjoy life now. I enjoy where I am right now. No, I don't have a man, but I have good friends. I have great family. Right. That I can spend time with, that I can travel with, that I can do things with. And I'm not afraid to do things on my own. So if somebody can't go, guess what? I'm going by myself because I want the experience, 
right? And then I learned how to remove my expectations and rest in God. And I know there there has to be balance because yes, we're supposed to expect um, God to fulfill his promises and for him to be faithful to his word, right? But we also have to expect that he does everything in order in its seasons. So it may not be, I'm not in that season where God wants me to be married. And I have to rest in that. Because I said that he is Lord and Savior over my life, I have to know that his decision is what's best for me. Right? That he's not dangling fruit in my face. That because he promised me a husband, it's going to come to pass. I just have to be patient enough to wait for it. And I have to know that he will grant the desires of my heart in his way and in his timing. So as much as we grow closer to God in our relationship with him and we learn about his character and who he is in our lives and and the love that he has for us, as much as we know that and learn that about him, we still have to know that our thoughts are not his thoughts. We, 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 can't, we can't figure God out. We can't out-strategize God. And I waste a lot of time and energy trying to figure God out. Right? And every now and again, he would, he would say something to me. He'd be like, look here, you can't change what I'm about to do. You can't change the order in which I'm going to do it. God is a God of order. If I have learned nothing in this journey, <laughs> and that is God is a God of order. Right? I can write out my plans and my goals every day, all day. Right? But at the end of the day, he going to prioritize it for me. Right? He going to say, okay, I need you to do, uh, I wrote down one through five. And he be like, I want you to do three, four, two, one, then five. You know, it, it, he just rearranges the order, you know, of it. Or sometimes he won't even give me a list. He'll just say, do this. He Give me one thing at a time. And I'm like, okay, well, what's next? He's like, when, we, when you finish the first thing I gave you, I'm going to tell you what's next. Right? So a lot of times in that, in that relationship with God, we have to learn to trust him. Right? Because the Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is oftentimes blind trust. You can't see it. But you trust it anyway. I can't see what's around the corner. But God can. Because he's all seeing and all knowing. And I have to rest in that. I have to rest in him. Right? And I have to learn to not allow anybody, the enemy, and most importantly, the inner me. Because oftentimes we blame stuff on the enemy when it's not even the enemy. It's us. It's our impatience. It's our microwave culture that we're living in now where we want everything fast. We don't want to we don't want to take time for anything. We don't want to um endure the process for anything. Everything is urgent. And just like uh, my boss tells me on the job, um your urgency is not my urgency. Our urgency is not God's urgency. 
he don't respond to um to rush he don't you know so we have to learn that we have to learn if we are true lovers of God, true children of God, true daughters of God, we have to learn to rest in him and allow him to guide us, allow Holy Spirit to guide us. We grieve the Holy Spirit daily when we don't allow him to, to lead us by the hand, when we try to get ahead of him, right? And Daily, I'm reminded of how much God loves me and the joy in the moment. It is fun to walk with God day by day and to allow him to open your spiritual eyes so that you can see what he's doing and you see him in every area of your life. I see God on my job. I see God in my home. I see God in my business. Right? I see God in every lesson that I attempt to teach. I see God in every podcast I try to um speak on. Right? I see God. I see God when I'm gathering content. Right? When the thoughts come to my mind of what I want to share with those who are listening and under my influence. I see God in all of that. And there is beauty and peace in knowing that you are walking with God. Regardless of what hasn't come. When you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are walking with God. He's not in your past trying to push you ahead he not in your future trying to drag you along that he is right there with you side by side in the trenches which if you feel like you in the trenches he there with you if you feel like you on the mountaintop he on the mountaintop with you if you feel like you in the valley he in the valley with you regardless of where i am i know without a shadow of a doubt god is with me so this little thorn that I got in my side, this little um, temporary bout of loneliness, I know it's a lie from the pit of hell because I'm never alone. I am surrounded by love in the spirit and in the natural. I am surrounded by love. So I ask you again, have you identified your thorn? Have you identified that thing that makes you risk it all for temporary relief? Take time this week, this weekend, you know, to get into God's presence so that he can help you identify that thorn and give you a strategy to begin to overcome it. And don't be disappointed if you don't get every step of the strategy. Sometimes all we need is the first step. We worried about step two when we haven't even taken step one. All you need is the first step. Right? 
Amen. So that's the time that I have for today. And I'm going to leave us, lead us always, uh, uh, tongue tied. I'm going to lead us out in prayer. <laughs> As always, I hope you have enjoyed this time. And I hope that I have gave you some words to feast on, um, for this weekend and for your upcoming week. Um, because that is always my intent that you go to God and you seek his face about what you are hearing in the revelation that is piercing your heart at this moment. Um, so let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for your daughters that are listening. I thank you and I praise you that you are piercing their hearts and their minds right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you are revealing to me, to them, those thorns in their lives, Lord. And that you are revealing not only the thorns, but you're revealing how to handle the thorns. I thank you, Lord, for encouraging um, their walk. I thank you, Lord, for revealing to them that they don't have to live in condemnation once they discover it, Lord. That discovery process is only to bring you glory and only so that you can release the shackles in their life. I thank you, Lord, that you're breaking every chain. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that the chains and the shackles are being broken, oh God. I thank you, oh God, that your word is, is, is piercing their hearts and their minds and making them whole, oh God. I thank you, oh God, that you're stirring up the gifts within them, oh God. I thank you, oh God, that you're stirring up the beauty and the worth in them, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for the beauty for ashes that is coming. I thank you for the oil of joy that is coming. I thank you for revealing purpose, oh God. I thank you for revealing identity, oh God, in you. I thank you, oh God, for your, your words, saturating them with your love, saturating them with your guidance. I thank you for your Holy Spirit becoming real and speaking to them in a way that they've never heard before. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your presence overtaking them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Happy Friday. And have a good weekend. You have been listening to Journey to Wholeness, brought to you by Indie Rights, a spiritual growth and development company that helps you write your way to success and wholeness in every area of your life. We specialize in books and journals that promote mental wellness and Christian growth. Our journals provide inspirational articles, motivational quotes, biblical guidance, writing prompts to release your feelings, fears, and thoughts, as well as strategies for success to tackle your goals and pursue your purpose. Visit our website and join our mailing list at www.indierights.com to learn more.